And welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. Hey, yo. I'm Gavin. So, well, so technically, <laughs> technically you are from the East Coast originally. Te- technically, yes. yes. But I, I, no. I, I slipped into something else there from East Coast. I went from Razor Ramon to, to Goofy Guy. <laughs> Razor Ramon. May he rest in peace. Was it just this year that he passed away? I think. It I made, believe so. Yeah. Razor Ramon, life hey, is yo. good. <laughs> for for people that don't know, Razor Ramon was a WWF wrestler uh, back in the nineties, and then when during the uh, then he switched over to WCW, right? He was part of the World New Order or whatever with he Hogan, some, and I think he switched his character. He wasn't Razor Ramon anymore. He became uh, Scott Hall. Was that who or, it was? Yeah, he just became his character, yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we love wrestling, man. Back in the day, I used to definitely watch early 90s wrestling. That was, the funny part is, it became huge again. Uh, and maybe we've had this discussion when I was we in middle school. Yeah, when I was in middle school. Like when, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the, as I call it, the suck it era. Suck it! Where everybody was doing that. But I, I wasn't really <laughs> into it at that point. But in the early 90s, like, you know... The I was only like you know four or five during that period with Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Jake the Snake, uh, all those guys. It was uh, it was a great time to be watching wrestling. Uh, indeed, indeed. Although I, I think I missed that whole era too. So you know what? It was great. It yeah. was great. We didn't watch it, but it was great. Yeah. Well, you had Japanese wrestling at that point. You would have been watching like. I was watching sumo. Sumo, yeah. Which is, which is I pure was, Japanese. I was watching sumo. I was cultured, unlike yes. you swine back in America. Well, I did open this podcast. The voice I was trying to go for was uh, the newly re-emerged character of Grandmaster Shadow. Oh, oh, yes, this is... Hey, uh, but I went too heavy with the hey, yo. So before uh, Gavin's uh, career in the nonprofit sector he was an amateur filmmaker and recently he's been sharing some clips with me of some of his old college films and let me tell you <laughs> anyway so today yeah. you know, they are they are fun to watch it's it's fun to see baby gavin acting in front of uh the camera but uh it, it's it's you know, I can't judge because I, too, was a film major. Uh, I was a film production major in undergrad, and I go back and... Re- You've seen my student I films. Have, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just thinking Grandmaster Shadow would have been a great character to, for you to meet in uh, in the factory where you uh, this cleaned house. That, this is true. This is true. Uh, he would have been a formidable opponent. <laughs> but anywho, uh, wow. So it's been a minute. I know in our last episode, we literally said we weren't going to skip any weeks. I don't know what I was thinking with my crazy move and everything going on. Uh, yeah, my, my idea was, oh, yeah, we won't, we won't miss any uh, recordings and we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah. No, we haven't recorded in like four or five weeks. My move is crazy, but it is 100% done. I am now uh, living in the Fresno area. Uh, loving it. I've started my new job this week also. Uh, I've Excellent. started training at a new dojo. So life is good. Life is good. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. We just finished our... We're, today is the final day of our first week back to school. It's been busy. The studios have been full. Uh, parents have been dropping by the office because now parents are allowed in the building, you know, during the lockdown and oh, post-lockdown. Fun. No, is that... Yeah. Oh, it's great. No, but it's it's it finally feels like pre-lockdown campus which is nice there's a lot of people engagement and in the you know in the past you know you're, you're kind of all sitting in silos and maybe maybe having a zoom call with a parent who might be sitting on the plaza where you go out and meet them but long story short it's been a busy week and it's great to be back i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to a little time off tomorrow and monday as well excellent yeah it's been a busy week and it's been a hot week it is. So it I'm has. not sure what LA's been like, but Fresno area, we hit 115 this week. And we Ooh. were we were averaging around like 110. Wow. Uh, yeah, definitely hot. It's so funny though. My new job, uh, I work in a beautiful air conditioned office and I have to be I happen to be right below one of the air conditioning vents. So my first day, I was straight up almost like shivering so cold as you know, I'm hearing on the radio and so forth about how freaking hot it is. And then I'm like, oh, I need a jacket. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I should be thankful uh, that well, I'm in here and not we, out there melting. 
And you got a, you had the fresh haircut, so the the, yeah, the AC's in exactly. the side of your head. You noticed. Thanks for noticing. It looks friend. good. Yeah, thanks. You know, I want to want to make a good impression my first week. Uh, you know, as long as I can look good, maybe they'll keep me around. There, there you go. Yeah. No, but congratulations, congratulations on the move Thanks. and uh, the new, starting the new gig and finding the the right dojo for you. Yes, I am super pumped and it, it's awesome. Uh, I am training at uh, the Budokan Training Center in Fresno, and the cool part is uh, they're very similar to our background in Sugarfoot kickboxing in the sense of our the sensei Sensei Larry. He started off in. Uh, Wadoru Karate and then uh, I think he may have done Shotokan at some point so he started off as a karate guy then in the 80s got into boxing learned boxing then got into kickboxing and Muay Thai so much so that he actually went to go train at the Jet Center back in the 80s so he Very actually nice. had, went to go see Sugarfoot fight uh, in the LA area and stuff oh wow yeah he's uh, obviously they didn't know each other he was just a random guy training at the gym at the Jet Center from time to time but he's a really good coach they put a good emphasis on boxing so and, they're, and they have that martial spirit so I'm loving it it's a great place that's, that's really fantastic. Yeah, and no, I, I do. Have, go I do ahead. have one question. When he was at the Jet Center, was he also stealing cars for David Carradine? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. That's a reference to the fantastic film uh, Martial Law. Now, uh, I would be lying if I said I haven't already watched that since I moved into the new house. Wait, there was a double negative in there, so that uh-huh. means you have watched. Yes. It. Excellent. Yes. It was a perfect one to put on while unpacking. I did a lot of, because uh, uh, Jessica started working before we even got our house. She came out here oh, early. Wow. I was staying with my stepmom. So all of the moving and stuff, like she came back up one time to help me pack the U-Haul truck at our old place. But all the moving, all that, that's like I was doing that on my own. That's why I pushed back my starting date at work. So there was a lot of just unpacking boxes in the kitchen and here and there. So martial law. Absolutely, that, that that's a perfect background movie. Perfect background movie. Uh, no, but- I was gonna say. Speaking of not perfect background movies, uh huh. What today's today's movie? Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, before we get into it, anything else? Any random questions? Any random uh, notes? Uh, I mean, I. I mean, I, I guess we could always mention that there's a new TV show on and see how many episodes we're in. But I think. I don't like to I don't like to pre-promote something until I finished it. Okay. Good call. So about, yeah. as of recording, uh Cobra Kai season five just dropped yesterday. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh I haven't even had the chance yet. I'm gonna try my best to do a little bit of like maybe once a week we watch an episode, but we know how that goes. Uh <laughs> But definitely I won't have a chance. It's going to be, once again, we're moved in and all the big stuff is done, but we still have a lot of stuff to do. And we're trying to get done within the next two weeks because we're going to have some people over. Uh, we have a lot of fr- uh, family in this area and, you know, uh, friends coming into town. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to start soon. But, I mean, we still haven't watched the newest season of Stranger Things. So we are behind on our TV shows. I, I hear you. It's, it's like... You fit it in when you can, but the problem is with some of these shows, it's really hard to just like watch one at a time. There, yeah. there is that uh, that pool to, to to binge watch. Now, what about what about you? What you're gonna? I just cut you off. You're yeah, gonna say well, no. I was about to say the one I did. Obviously, I, I've been buying stuff nonstop for the new house, like all appliances, this and that. You know, uh, the Labor Day sales were great, but the one pleasure, uh, priv- I mean, the one pleasure purchase I made was. Uh, the Criterion Collection Zatoichi box set, mm, Blu-ray yes. box set, which I've been keeping my eye on forever because it's like it goes up to almost as much as two hundred dollars, and then it, but it usually floats around like one sixty. It dropped down to ninety nine dollars, and I jumped on it and bought it. So I oh, did finally awesome. for the first time. Now I've never seen any of the original Zatoichi films. Uh, and so oh. I watched the very first one for the first time. Loved it. It's great. It's a great before bed movie to put on too. Uh, and that's the nice part of my new schedule is like I get off work at five, unlike my old job where, you know, I got off at six and I was commuting an hour and a half every day round trip. So mm-hmm. I get home with plenty of time to eat dinner and kind of chill and watch a movie. And I love black and white films. I'm a big fan of, I took a silent cinema class in college and I always joked, I would always, we would do the lecture and then the film right afterwards. And nine times out of 10, I'd fall asleep. Not because I didn't enjoy the film. It's just, there's something soothing about black and white uh, 
film and especially up on my big beautiful tv and remastered it's like it just helps relax me it's a nice even if it's a super intense scene i'm just like yeah this is cool <laughs> so i'm enjoying it i've watched the first one i have like 20 something to go <laughs> yeah uh, it goes i think the box set goes all the way up to the final one in 89 or whatever oh that's fantastic yeah. that's fantastic yeah. that's a nice that's a nice run and, and i think we talked about this before as far as like the the late zatoichi's uh, I know there's the one by B. Takeshi, which is or which that's, is a little more. That's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, I just uh, have such an affinity for the '89 Zatoichi. Yeah, that's what just, you told me. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it because that's the yeah. one, still with the original actor, correct? Still with the original yes. actor, and I think he's involved in writing and directing that one. Wow! So that's that's my box that I'm pretty sure goes all the way up through that one. So looking Fantastic. forward to it. But anyways, let's get into what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about the 1990 girls with guns subgenre Hong Kong action classic. She shoots straight, starring. Joyce Mina Gadenzi and directed by Corey Yuen. I thought your pause there made me think I was supposed to say Corey Yoon. No, <laughs> I was, I was trying to think that. of a, a clever title for Corey Yoon. I was, he's not quite an auteur. He is a uh, innovative, uh, or he was a groundbreaking innovator in choreography. See, I could have said that or something, but I just went with Corey Yuen. Corey Yuen, who for many uh, listeners, you would know him from a lot of his fight choreography work he did in the late '90s, early 2000s, specifically with all the Jet Li movies and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also helmed the action for one of our favorites, *Kiss of the Dragon*, a very underrated uh, Jet highly, Li Western highly project. Underrated. Highly underrated, very good. That's why I need to pick up on Blu-ray. Wow, that's, that's that would be a good one. But yeah, so uh, now obviously we've been in the process of watching this movie for like over a month. <laughs> so I've, I've rewatched the action scenes like yes. just this morning I did again. Now, uh, this film is currently available on the Hi Ya app uh, on Prime Video. I think you can just get the app as well. It's part mm-hmm. of uh, the WellGo USA uh, conglomerate. Uh, but it's a great app they're adding more and more all the time and so this is an example of a classic hong kong one that they got their hands on it's a beautiful remastered copy they have it in both english and cantonese at the moment i i have Mm -hmm. discovered though that after a while like when they release a movie whether it's new or older and they have both versions they will release both but they'll eventually like take one off so for example i went to go watch breathing fire uh the other day the donnie Mm -hmm. one which we reviewed and they now only have the english dub version and I oh, just, yeah, I couldn't do it. I was odd. like, what? Because especially even during the fight scenes when they're grunting, it's the dub guys like, oh, oh. And I was like, no, nah, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Sorry. That, uh, that's really odd. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, but anywho, back to the movie. She shoots straight. Uh, kind of a, you, not necessarily later. Well, yeah, I guess later entry because the girls with guns subgenre very famously kind of started with Yes, Madam in 1985. And it spawned this uh, trend of, female-centric action films, martial arts films. Uh, we've talked about some other ones in the past. Obviously, Yes, Madam, as I just mentioned. Michelle Yeoh's films, Royal Warriors, Magnificent, Magnificent Warriors, uh, the Angel series. Uh, you know, so a lot of uh, Yukari Oshima films, right? Moon Lee. Uh, and this one is helmed, or the, excuse me, is uh, starring Joyce Mina Gadenzi, who was famous for being uh, Miss Hong Kong. And then also representing Hong Kong in the Miss uh, World or Universe pageant after that in Miami. I think she didn't really place very well. But so she was a model. Later after this would become Mrs. Sammo Hung, even though Sammo co-stars in this film. And she'd already co-starred with him in Eastern Condors. But she had a, a short but plentiful Hong Kong film career. And then kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, then married Sammo and kind of retired from that. Uh and so, yeah, this was one of her starring vehicles. Uh, she's a great actress, great screen presence. Uh, her action abilities we'll get into later. They're kind of at some points phenomenal, other points not so phenomenal. But uh, now, was this your first time watching this film? I have to say the first time I... Yeah, I'll just go with a yes. I feel like I'd seen it before or seen clips of it before, but never... Never with the knowledge of what, what, where it fit in. Right. Do you know now, what I mean? In the- I rented this one from Cinephile back okay. uh, a couple years back uh, for uh, grad school for I was writing, a, I forget, a paper on postmodernism or something. 
And so that was my first time viewing it. But obviously, it had been a couple years. But I had watched it quite a few times when writing that paper, even if I didn't talk much about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first time watching it in a couple years. But it's uh, it definitely uh, it's a worthy entry. It's mm-hmm. fun. It has its moments. It has a great cast. But unlike a lot of pictures at that time, it, it doesn't really have much of a comical side to it at all. Like not even really any lightheartedness, maybe one or two scenes. Uh, and it's very much like a melodrama throughout. Yeah, it, it, it does. It's it's unlike unlike a lot of Hong Kong movies, particularly uh, that fall under the, the Sammo Hung umbrella. It definitely doesn't have have that comedic element under the umbrella of action. It it's it is it is essentially a, a melodrama dealing with family, mm-hmm. dealing with uh, a dealing lot with of serious love, dealing with issues, interracial yes, some interracial uh, yep. love in a way, and uh, just uh, not in a way, but interracial like cro- cultural cross mingling, and then we're dropping some hard action on you, some really hard action on you. Yeah, so the basic premise is it opens up with a wedding and it's uh, Tony Lung Kafa, uh, Kafa uh, who, not the other Tony Lung. So there's two famous Tony Lung actors. Uh, so he's, uh, 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 what's his character's name? Hold on, I have it right here. Do-do-do-do-do. So he plays uh, Inspector Huang Song, uh, Huang Song Pao. Once again, sorry, my Cantonese is terrible. And, uh, he has, I believe it's four sisters that mm-hmm. are also all police officers, as is he. And he's marrying a fellow police officer played by Joyce Mina Cadenzi. Uh, and their father has long passed away. He was a high level police officer. And now it's just kind of like the mom is the one in charge. And they're very excited for the son to get married because obviously they want it to have some babies, uh, a boy in particular. Uh, I can only assume. But uh, there's one sister that uh, is like against it. She's just, and you could tell it's kind of almost like a jealous thing. She's she's afraid and jealous of losing her brother. So that's kind of what we open up. We open up to the wedding sequence and it's really, a, it's one of those great opening sequences where we're introduced to pretty much all the key players, especially on the protagonist side. Like the villains mm-hmm. aren't there obviously, but all the main people that are gonna be involved in this picture are in that opening sequence. Uh, Samo has a great supporting role as a family friend. Uh, who's also in the police department. We get to meet uh, the sleazy police captain uh, uh, played by David Lau, uh, playing Superintendent Lau, <laughs> of course, he and he's a real sleazebag. But uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the the opening premise is we have the this family of police officers, the son, the favorite son. All the sisters look up to him. He's getting married. And uh, his now wife, played by Joyce Mina Gadenzi, she is half Caucasian Mm -hmm. Uh, in real life. She's also half Caucasian. So that is part of the story that comes up later. The sister played by Karina Lau, who doesn't like her, brings that up and calls her a half breed. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, you know, there's a lot of tumultuous uh, tension going on between the two of them. Not so much on Joyce's side, mostly on the sister's side. So that's kind of uh, the opening right there. That's like, these are the people we're working with and they are also like an elite unit. They kind of go on these undercover operations. So our opening action sequence is actually uh, them protecting a princess that's there for like a fashion show. And of course, somebody tries to kidnap her. So they've got a rescue her. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little sequence where we get to see a lot of those classic Guaylo bad guys. We've got Ken Goodman in there, Mark Houghton, uh, Bruce Fontaine. What's up, Bruce? Uh, so, and then they get, so he gets blasted in the head. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but so, and that's a cool action sequence. Not martial arts, but a lot of gunplay, you know, as you said, kind of serious, heavy hitting action. Some cool vehicle work, man. Some good slow motion stuff. Yes. Like Joyce Mina Gadenzi goes through like the fire on her motorcycle, like in slow motion. So it's a, it's also a great opening, like, or secondary opening sequence. Cause it's like, all right, this is the action that's in store for us with this movie. Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the vehicle action a little later, but I mean, it it essentially it could just have circulated around this family, and then of course we're we meet the we we meet the antagonists and played in a and uh, you know if we get into the antagonists a little bit, like Corey Yoon plays a slightly different kind of bad guy than we're <clears throat> normally used to. What you said, Corey Yoon. Corey Yoon, Yoon, uh, Yoon Wah. There we go. Plays a plays a, a different a different. 
uh, bad guy than we're used to. He actually plays someone that you might see a Corey Yoon play. He isn't playing that slick major bad guy. He's playing kind of like, he's playing basically a, a, a criminal, yeah. like a baseline criminal who's trying to keep his gang together. And I mean, there, it, it allows for me from a, from a story perspective, uh, Yoon Wada to get a little grittier with his action, a little more desperate in his, in his, uh, action. So it, it kind of, le- this, this film, uh, Let's. It's it's almost a little bit like Writing Wrongs and uh, a few other Corey Yoon films that we've discussed, where he's able to push the envelope a little bit with what we see on screen. And when I mean I push the envelope, I mean get out of that uh, necessarily heavily rhythmed movement that you might see normally, and definitely in a Jackie Chan film. film sometimes in a Samuel film, this this has has some like grit to it that you might actually see maybe in a Frankie Chan film. Yeah. And especially because Yuen Wah doesn't really get to do his trademark martial arts stuff. He's mm-hmm. mostly doing shoot him up stuff. He has a little bit of a scuffle with uh, uh, Joyce Mina Gadenzi on the boat. Yep. But really, he's mostly just like he is They're They're kind of like revolutionaries in a sense. Or, you know, they, they mention and once again, I don't know how accurate the subtitles are, but, you know, that they're like pretty much they're wanted in Vietnam and Hong Kong. Like, cause if they go back to Vietnam, they're going to be thrown in a, a prison camp or whatever. So they're hardened criminals and, uh, their opening sequence. Uh, so yeah, they're Vietnamese gang. So they're the antagonists and their opening sequences. They're trying to buy guns to pull off this robbery. And then the guys try to double cross them. So then they kill them. And it's, it's a very well shot short sequence. Uh, and man, that stunt that you and Wad does where he, so he jumps out a window onto uh, a canopy, right? Uh, and then yeah. bounces off that, falls on the ground. So it's like a three-story jump where he jumps across to another building, lands on that canopy, bounces off that, and then lands on some like pallets on the ground. And it, the, the, the best part is, just like a lot of Hong Kong stunts, you get to see it nice and clear, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not even done like, oh, triple replay. Oh, it's like so nonchalant. That's why for years audience expectation for these films was just to see stuff like that and also they more just kind of brush it off like oh yeah no big deal i mean even though it's such an insane stunt like to see that in an american movie at the time would be unheard of nobody would do that stunt no no yeah it's just played off like it's such a casual thing uh and in retrospect especially once you watch a lot more of these documentaries that have been coming out about hong kong stuntmen every little thing you're like oh gosh wow that had to hurt and this is one of those ones where it's like all right Ah, bounce, ah, conk, and then gets up and keeps running. The 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 sequence uh, at the rock quarry, yes, where uh, Noir is like, or his character, stunt man, is just taking that motorcycle dive down the rock quarry. Yeah. is one of the most. I don't know. It had to be one of the hardest stunts to ever pull off. I mean, that guy had to be cut up and hurting after that. Oh heck, yeah. And I love that, you know, Corey Yoon just like kept kept the camera rolling, slow motion. We got it all. I mean, we just see him go down slowly and it's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much the Vietnamese uh, gang are still are trying to purchase these guns because they want to. It's like they're trying to rob a nightclub. Uh, the police department gets word of it. Uh, so their unit, the one with Tony Lung uh, and then Joyce Mina Gadenzi, uh they're like heading it up. And then so the one sister is, you know, she doesn't want to take orders from Joyce Mina Gadenzi. So there's all, there's a lot of uh, animosity there. There's a lot of tension. But anywho, the mission stops the Vietnamese gang for the mo- No, they, they get away with something or mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not sure how much they, but either which way, a bunch of their members get killed. And then so they want revenge. And in the process of getting overly ambitious and trying to take them down herself, the sister, Karina Lau, goes after them. Uh, Tony Lung Kafai and uh, uh, Joyce Mina Gadenzi follow her, realizing what she's doing. And in the process, Tony Lung gets killed. So mm-hmm. then, you know, the son, the only, the family, you know, the only family heir in a sense, you know, the name can pass through him. He is killed on the same day as the mom's birthday. And this is just this overly really tense dramatic sequence where the sister and Joyce Mina Gadenzi have to show up to the birthday party and try to keep it a secret that the golden child, the son has just been murdered. And 
it's it's a really tense sequence that finishes with everyone finding out obviously and there's a lot of tears and it's overly melodramatic i mean but that's kind of more of the hong kong style but from that point we get to kind of focus on uh them going after the gang and because you know it's by that point it's almost like halfway through the film so like the gang still tries to go after them again and uh they set off an explosion at the funeral which is where we find out that joyce munigandenzi is actually pregnant and i bring this up because we'll talk about this later so she has to have an operation however if she uses any anesthesia it could kill the baby and you know, the the grandma, quote unquote, or the mom of the family is actually like, use the anesthesia. We have to save her. But then Joyce Megan and she's like, no, I need to save the child. So she does this whole operation with no anesthesia. She's biting on the stick. It looks super painful, which, and then at the end. And she did, she did her own stunts for that yeah. operation, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they get through that. Then at the end, they find out where the Vietnamese gang's going to be. But pretty much they've all gotten in trouble now. The police commissioner guy, the sleaze bag who's been trying to get in Joyce Mina Ganenzi's pants. Uh, you know, uh, kicks Sam or he he makes Samo go on leave. Uh, you know, he's just just a total a hole. But uh, this sets up Karina Lau, the sister, and Joyce Mitigenzi going after the gang on the ship as they're trying to get away. So I know I jumped through a lot, but I mean, what we're here to talk about is the action. And we've and talked about like pretty much the main opening action sequence, the, the nightclub, there's, it's like a shoot 'em up sequence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously there's kind of the action sequence where they kill Tony Lung Kafai, but uh, it's still no, we haven't really had any fisticuffs yet. There's no martial arts stuff whatsoever. That's what the finale is for. So the finale is... And it's, we, it's almost like a two-part finale with a breather in between, the, the, where they're on yes. the ship. Then they have the breather with the with the bad boss, and then they then uh, Godensky has to go after it on her own. Uh, before we jump into this sequence, can yes. I can I just say one thing? I want more of is more Corey Yoon directing or choreographing action on boat sequences because there's she shoots straight. There's dragons forever which I believe he was involved in with that uh-huh. whole sequence. And then, of course, there is uh, Kiss of the Dragon, Kiss which you had the... mentioned before. That's right. He does well on boats. Can we think of any more? I'm sure there is more. I'm sure there is more, but off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, so the finale on the boat, it's a combination of some shooting, uh, and a lot of fighting. Now, they get there. There's a lot of henchmen. And this is what I talk about with Joyce Mina Gadenzi being both a great performer and, you know, having uh, some issues. So, first of all, her costume design for the sequence is definitely an interesting choice. She has like a long trench coat and very high-waisted pants. And it kind of creates this weird uh, visual... uh, of of her build of her body it gives her Mm -hmm. it makes her legs look really long which i think is good because her the highlight of her abilities in this is her kicking her kicking's fantastic what she does very awkwardly and they couldn't seem to get right was her hands her upper body and i it's jokingly kind of like the sequence in ricky bobby where the first time he's like interviewing he, he just keeps lifting his hands like this (laughs) <laughs> and they put, he's like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like she, like even the first fighting stance she gets into is this weird kind of awkward, almost it looks like the middle of a karate kata. Like she's got both palms mm, upwards mm-hmm. and it, it, and first of all, in that first henchman looks like he should be in a retirement home. I'm like, who is this old bastard? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I was <laughs> like, like he's probably like the DP or something. They're like, hey, step in. We need another body. And I was when like, I, man, she I, just roundhouse kicked that dude to the head. When I saw him, I like did a double take. I'm like, wait, is this is this someone I I think I should know? And I'm like, oh, I wonder I if he was just so. like maybe he's just some poor engineer on the ship. Like, I'm just working to you know support my family. Well, you're you're right. I think like with her, like the initial stance, like you might see that with like at the beginning of an action sequence, uh, like even even in uh, Police Story Three with Jackie Chan when he's about to face off in the training sequence, there's a tight hold. Yeah, and then. 
she keeps holding it and like her arms can't move whereas Jackie holds it and then releases and starts moving. Yeah, not even that though. Okay, I'm trying to help out. Well, no, no, no. I just think, uh, I mean, you make a great uh, comparison but just like Jackie, even in that stance, that tight stance, still looks proper, still looks good. There's just something awkward about her delivery because then the next next pause stance she does, they try to do more of a, okay, they give her a closed fist with an open hand trying to do more of that like modern boxing or kickboxing stance and that looks funky too. And it's like they just couldn't get something... And I feel like a lot of it had to do with the costume design, which made her legs look really long, which was good for the kicking, but then also made her torso and upper body look kind of short and compact. And it just took away from the upper body stuff, but the kicking, she does some phenomenal Whoa. kicks on the boat, uh, a great spinning you, wheel kick, a great upwards, like uh, uh, heel kick, almost like uh, yep. uh, uh, a, a like a Japanese, like, you know, snap kick, but straight up with the heel. Uh, yeah, it almost looks like the one that uh, is it Larkar Wing that does against Samuel and Pedicab Driver. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. La, uh, that'd be Larkar Long. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yes, exactly. So, uh, but the one who steals the show, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to the action on the boat, is Karina Lau with her double machetes. So, oh my goodness, you know, you, you're and expecting that particularly that that hallway yes, sequence, the hallway sequence. That's what we're going to talk about. So she comes in there. Like, so Joyce Medicanensi goes in there literally guns ablazing. She's got a gun, right? The only reason why she starts fighting is because she doesn't have time to reload her freaking Dirty Harry 22 Magnum uh, that, you know, <laughs> takes forever to load. So she just puts it in her giant pant uh, belt and starts fighting. But Karina Lau comes in there with machetes. Like, I'm going to slice you dudes up. And she gets shot, yeah. like, right at the beginning, too. Falls down the stairs, and she's already hacking dudes. But after yeah. Joyce gets to do her main action sequence, it cuts to Karina Lau, and that's what I call the hallway sequence, like you called it, where she's wow, going through the hallways of the boats. And this is a lesson to watch. Any young filmmakers that want to do uh, fight choreography especially you know female-centric fight choreography or if you're a female performer and close combat you know style this you got to watch this it's a master class because she's it really, just and, and she's obviously not a martial arts star but she does a phenomenal job i'm sure she's doubled at some points they it's just brutal it's hard it's slashing the way she like uses the bodies to position herself and protect herself she does like one cynthia rothrock style scorpion kick which looks totally yes, natural and fits in there she's hacking away it's hard hitting you got the stuntmen like being super aggressive, not holding back. And th- it's one of those ones I say is a lot worth the price of admission of alone, alone. But it, it's just a really well done sequence. I could keep Did, watching that on loop. There's a there's one of my favorite parts in the sequence is she's going down the hallway. She's uh-huh. by a door and an axe almost comes. To the yes. Door. Now, now, why a henchman is throwing an axe through the door? I don't know, but he does. And her reaction is with the machete goes straight through the door. Right. It's very uh, samurai film S. Yeah. I called it the shining scene or sequence. Yeah, it, it's like shining meets samurai. Yeah. Because the, I, she's like storming by and the axe goes through the door, almost hits her. And like you said, just F that just stabs the dude through the door. And I'm even sure if she's going to hit him. Yeah, it's it, it's such a great sequence, and I mean, they're they're element and the camera angles as well. I mean, it's going from it, the camera angles. It's just so well timed and so well edited. There's a point where point where she's just come up out of the stairs. A guy's swung a sledgehammer at her. She's defended herself. The camera's low. Then it cuts to her back just pushing up against uh, the wall where you think she's going to get a moment of a breather then the shining sequence the camera angles a little higher so the the axe comes in right there then the camera cuts a little midsection and that's where the her machete goes straight through it's just it's it's how she executes it's how it's choreographed it's the full commitment of the of the stuntman as you as you pointed out and then just the switching the angles uh, with like fluid movement it's just it's just so well done. It, it is truly, this sequence is a masterclass and, and worth not just the price of the mission of this film, but worth, worth the Amazon Prime and Haya app uh, monthly or weekly fee or whatever you're paying. You heard it here, folks. Go and sign up. So she gets through there. So they get to the top of the boat. Obviously, the sister is really beat up. She can't do much at this point. And then uh, Joyce Mina Cadenzi is fighting you in Wah. He almost gets the upper hand, but then she manages to uh, escape, but then has to go help the sister. So they're fighting a bunch of henchmen on the top of the boat. Yuen Wah's about to escape. But luckily, to the rescue comes Sammo. And this mm-hmm. is the one short little action sequence he does. And even for five seconds of action, he 
is phenomenal, right? Like pop, pop. He throws a great little like almost Hungar style uppercut and like, yeah. you know, his power kicks. And then uh, they capture Yuenwa. You know, she wants to shoot and kill him, but Samo, you know what's interesting? And Samo, as Samo's telling her, no, you won't be able to answer the police if you kill him. He's actually holding the guy in what is a proper <laughs> rear naked choke. Like the uh-huh. actual positioning. You know, a lot of times when you see chokes, and especially in old Kung Fu movies, uh, even if they think it's like looking more like a grappling position, it's like their their hands are misplaced or they're missing. Like he has the actual arm around the neck, uh, you know, on the bicep of the other arm and the other arm's hand on the back of the dude's head. It's like an mm-hmm. actual proper like rear naked choke. And I was like, oh, interesting. But anywho, so this is the little pause you were talking about, that break in between. Yeah. So you'd think, oh, it's over. The action's over. Yes, no. Yeah. So they get back to the mainland where the rest of the police squad's there. Uh, it's relevant to the plot, but, uh, and they're dealing with the sleazy captain who's trying to like say he's going to punish all of them and this and that, even though they've delivered him. When the Vietnamese gang's uh, female member, played by. Uh, played by Agnes Aurelio. Yeah, we, we confirmed who, uh, her name. So we're not sure if she's. Uh, Filipino, Vietnamese. I'm not sure. She she definitely she could be Hong Kongese. I don't know. But she's uh, uh, she she's also sporting a very like 80s workout outfit. She's in very good shape. Uh, it says surf fitness on her like sports bra top. But she comes to rescue Yuanhua, uh, and then so she's holding one of the sisters hostage, and then another person gets held hostage, and then long story short, they manage to escape. So Joyce Mina Gadenzi jumps on a motorcycle and chases them, uh, you know, and they end up in a rock quarry. And that's what you're, mm-hmm. you mentioned before. And uh, as uh, Yuen Wah's driving the motorcycle and, cre- or and uh, the, what's her name? Uh, Agnes. Agnes. We'll just say Agnes. And Agnes jumps off. The Yuen Wah character goes through this little shed and flies off the edge of a, the, the rock quarry cliff and it's just this, once again an incredible stunt super far away camera wide shot like so you can see everything like ah. I actually did a sound effect when watching it today where I was like <laughs> ah, no I'm dead once again another Will Ferrell Will Ferrell reference from Wedding Crashers but and this sets up the one on one fight scene between Agnes and Joyce Mina Gadenzi so right mm-hmm. out the gate you know that she's tough and she's a good fighter because she takes off her little shawl thing whatever and flexes she literally yeah. stands there flexing a la uh, Michiko Nishiwaki in uh, uh, My Lucky Stars, Stars right yeah. like same thing not in as good a shape as her but like you know still like really strong and th- this sequence it's, it's a great one-on-one fight scene. Now, is it up to snuff with, like, the stuff that Cynthia Rothrock and Michelle Yeoh did in Hong Kong cinema? No. Is it up to snuff with, like, uh, you know, the fight between, is it Moon Lee and Yukari Oshima in the first Angels movie? Absolutely not. No. But it has some stellar moments, some hard-hitting action, including a phenomenal flip kick by Joyce Mina Gadenzi, mm-hmm. which is shown, the best part is, it's shown in slow motion, it's shown full speed first, then in slow motion, and the slow motion shot doesn't cut away, and you see Joyce Mina Gadenzi get up. It's her that does it, and it's yep. a forward flip kick. It's kind of like the uh, Kyokushin Karate, like uh, I think they call it like tornado kick, or what? Would, mm-hmm. Do you know the name of that one in Japanese? Where it's like uh, you're rolling forward, and then your back leg comes up and lands on the side of their head. I don't know the name of it, but it's 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 almost like that, but it's more of a straightforward flip. And yeah. obviously, the the stuntman for Agnes, who you see throughout a lot, because a lot, obviously, or most of the she, she grows in size. She grows in size and starts doing crazy kicks that just don't seem to fit her physique. Uh, but that kick in particular, the one that Joyce does, is phenomenal. And I love how they let you see this is her doing it, and she lands it square on the stuntman's head. You know you. Uh, one sequence that I do like is when when they are doing some uh, close quarter fighting, and you you see more, more from uh, Gudensky's like shoulder, and uh, Agnes comes in and puts the choke right on her yeah. on her throat, and the hand grapple the yep I know the, what you're talking about it's, you know a, it's I mean, almost like a, a chin knot or hop keto or like yes. an aikido type thing yeah. And in that kind of, and that sequence where it then cuts back to the other angle, so you see Grace doing the doing the movement. It's uh, it's 
very believable. There's, there isn't any, uh, it isn't like the ship sequence where there are moments where you see like these really stiff, stiff hands. I think as long as there's motion going, it's more believable. But obviously we're, we're, we're there for the kicks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, it's a good length fight scene. Uh, fans of the genre will be pleased. Uh, once again, some hard hitting action, a good slow motion kicks. They, they go back and forth. They give and take. There's a lot of like ups mm-hmm. and downs. Like, oh, she's got the upper hand. No, she has the upper hand. No, she has the upper hand. But it is interesting. So earlier in the film, as I mentioned, she is so concerned about saving her child. Understandably so. She doesn't yeah. want to use uh, the anesthesia. Like, blah, blah. It's important. You know, this is the only way for the family lineage to continue. Then she goes and does this... <laughs> she goes after the villains and the ship fight is one thing but during this fight she takes about like 10 good oh. solid hard kicks to yeah like that like the triple kick to yes, her stomach the triple kick and then there's the one where like it's almost like a, it's like a stop kick in slow motion and she goes flying back and you're just like ooh well and then also like the backbreaker yeah there's oh yeah, yeah. The the, the back, wait the backbreaker. Then she turns to like the the side kick that lands right in her stomach. I mean, right, that's the so one. Much yeah. Of, yeah, so much of this is like yeah, you're right. The stop. Yeah, so much of this is like geared towards the melodrama. I mean, if you're an audience member, you can't forget that this. Yeah. is all of this is built around her exactly. unborn child. That's why we're like, and I'm not poking fun at all. I'm seriously like, oh my god, no. <laughs> like you're like it's she's just taking all these shots to the gut region, and you're like, yeah. Uh, I'd like to think everything was fine. <laughs> I'd like to think so, too. I think it turned out fine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the did. finale. It's definitely classic Hong Kong style. We don't get any closure. We don't know if the mom uh, who had just gotten sliced earlier by the villain is okay or if she's, uh-huh. you know. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to our protagonists in terms of, like, their careers or this. Like, there's no closure. It's just sort of like they literally ride off in the sunset. She's on the motorcycle, puts the girl on there, and like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I would also like to think that by busting this gang and bringing them in, uh, that she gets her job back. She and, should. And, she, and, and, and maybe the boss gets replaced. Maybe she gets a promotion. By Sam. Yes. There we go. Um, I think there's some side stories, right? Uh-huh. That, that we might want to share. Oh, about this. yeah. So we both have. Perfect. Thank you for reminding me. I almost forgot. We both have interesting Joyce Mina Gadenzi stories. Yes, we do. So I think yours, you? yours is probably more interesting. So should we just start with mine. Yeah, let's start with yours. <laughs> okay. So I mean, obviously, uh, I worked on Marshall Law, the TV show, season two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, no, they they were they, uh, Verinda Grace and Samo were Joyce. Such, Joyce, you've said Grace twice now. <laughs> You said it earlier, and I'm like, I'm gonna let it slide. Hopefully, audience members don't <laughs> notice. But it's yeah. Joyce. Joyce. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's because I'm doing Godensky. I'm going, and then uh-huh. I'm like, do the G's carrying over? You know, Grace Joyce. Joyce. Grace Godensky. Mina Jodenzi. Good. Good. Um, this is such a great story. Clearly, I know so much. Uh, <laughs> no, they were just such lovely couple. Uh, a lovely couple. They were so giving, particularly to the, to the, I want to say the people who lifted the weight, it carried, mm-hmm. worked hard. I don't know how else to say this, but like the blue collar, yeah. those of us who were the blue collar workers on the show, were they were very friendly towards us. Uh, sometimes they would have, they had, he had his, they had their own trailer. So they would, obviously the star trailer. Sometimes uh, there was a day where they're shooting on set and then also uh, at the, at our uh, soundstage, they'd be out front. She would help him with his, with his lines. Uh, you know, help him with his English uh, pronunciation with a with a few with a few lines. But I mean, because she is uh, for listeners who don't know, she's uh, Australian Chinese. Uh, so her her father, if I'm not mistaken, is kind of a very successful Australian businessman. Mm-hmm. And then his uh, first wife was Chinese. Then he had a second wife who was also Chinese. But but yeah, I would just say like. The way they they treated the the way they treated the staff. I mean, it almost sounds like they were the bosses, but they honestly could and should have been. But the way they treated us was this: you felt you felt good. She was absolutely classy on on set, and when she would come into the office, uh, you know, um, I just enjoyed being around them. I can't like 
to have this be my first job, technically my second job out of college, but my first job that I, a job that I really wanted, I couldn't have been more lucky, lucky to have like be on a show with a star that I believed in a project I believed in and to have like such his, basically his personal assistant, I think it was Joey O'Brien plus, uh, Joyce, uh, now did you get there, to, like, did you get to talk with her at all? Like, I did. Yeah. Chit chat. Yeah. Yeah. I did. And it was, it's like always, always a pleasure. Like, and just, I guess, you know, I don't know like how much we can say, but like there was always a rumor and I mean, I'll, I'll say it, I guess, since I've already like peaked it, pe- uh, touched it a little bit that when Samuel didn't like a script, his English, uh, pronunciation got a little, uh, he held back on the pronunciation nice. Nice. and I, th- and it was sort of, uh, sort of like implied that that he was doing that on purpose our unit production manager who was a great man wasn't sure about that so they had offered to bring in a, like an english coach uh for samuel and then they're like no uh joyce handles that and it, it was kind of like yeah implied to us also through the assistant but i can't say i can't I can't confirm what's in a person's heart, you know, but there were clearly episodes where like the crossover episode with uh, with uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. I mean, the articulation is fantastic. He believed in the script. His understanding of English was great. They were they were always so, uh, you know, I could go on. But what could have been if we would have gotten season three and your episode you wrote got to be made? I would have loved that to have happened. Yeah. And you've also you also uh, went to their house. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about that before. Yeah, we I mean, talked about yeah. it before. But so that's that's your uh, awesome. So you technically but, have the much cooler story. You actually worked with her and met her. So my but I think I think I think yours is more personal. I'm just I'm just him yeah. hawing around like some my, details. Okay. I want to be a little private. About so it, but. I guess Gavin's is. The cl- mine is just more random, like what the heck and what are the odds <laughs> yes. of that? So the odds of Gavin's are very high. He was working on martial law, one of the greatest television shows of all time, but that Samo was the star of. And of course, his wife was there and kind of uh, worked on it as well. My story is so uh, when I moved to China uh, and then I ended up in Guangzhou in 2011, I started working for a Canadian uh, English school there. Terrible job. Everyone's first job sucks, but a lot of cool people. I met, <laughs> yeah. I met some friends for life there. So one day, uh, it's about, I think it's like I'm six, I've been there for about six months. We had a lot of part-time teachers uh, and they would come and go like crazy, you know, and we had uh, this one girl there for a while named May, very nice girl. She was uh, Australian Chinese going to medical school there. Cause I remember asking her, I'm like, oh, cause her, you know, her English is obviously fluent. It's her first language, but she also spoke fluent Mandarin and Cantonese. And I was like, oh wow. You know, she's like, yeah, you know, my, my mom is uh, Chinese and my dad is Australian. So like she grew up speaking all three languages and stuff. And mm-hmm. she's doing medical school in Guangzhou. So it's a lot cheaper than doing it in Australia. So we get to talking and you know, she would only come in on Saturdays, I think. Nice young girl, but, uh, or young lady, I should say. And then it comes up one day how big of a Kung Fu movie net I am. And she's like, oh, you uh-huh. like Samo movies. I was like, oh, I love Samo movies. I remember this particular <laughs> day though, I was just, Saturdays were the most exhausting day. I taught eight hours straight. And keep in mind, this isn't like even a teacher and not take away from teachers like in an elementary school setting. You know, there's no breaks. I'm doing an hour class where I'm running around with kids at super high. Like I just did a line of speed energy. I get maybe a 10 minute break if I'm lucky and I go into the next class. So I'm exhausted. So she asked me, she's like, oh, uh, do you know Samuel's wife? And I said, oh, the the Korean lady? Because in my mind, I was thinking his first wife. uh, And she's like, no his uh second wife and i was like oh yeah and she said his current one i was like yeah uh, joyce mina gadenzi and she's like yeah it's my sister and i'm <laughs> like what no that's right she said her name first otherwise i would be like you're full of baloney she said no his current wife joyce mina gadenzi and i said oh yeah joyce mina gadenzi she starred in eastern condor she's great and that's when she said yeah she's my sister <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Because first of all, she would have been way younger, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. she was probably. younger than me. And I was only, well, I was like, what, 24 at that time? And then she was like maybe 19 or something, right? So age gap difference. I was like, wait. And she that, caught he, on. She's like, yeah, uh, we have different moms. We have the same yeah. dad. They And they both have Chinese moms. But uh, she's like, yeah, Joyce Mina Gadenzi is my sister. I'm like, no way. And then I remember like she showed me like, this is my last name. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is. And I'm like, wait, so, you know, Samo? And she's like, well, yeah, he's my brother-in-law. And I'm like, what? 
And I was like, so wait, do you, do you like see him and stuff? She's like, yeah, I see him, you know, at the, a couple times a year uh. on holiday occasion and stuff. <laughs> and she said, Sam was very nice. Uh, and I was just like, what the heck? And, then, and you may think, oh, AJ, you should have stayed in touch with her and stuff. But I'm pretty sure she came to hate me at some point because my Chinese phone number in Guangzhou, like in mainland China, the numbers were a lot longer maybe not a lot, like three or four digits more than my American one. And so I never, I was too, I couldn't be bothered to memorize my phone number. I had a little Nokia phone. So when people would ask for my phone number, whether it was like work related or whatever, I'd be like, oh yeah, here, I've been saved in my phone. And I saved it under me. But the way it would work is I would scroll down and show me. But for some reason, people would always copy the number below me, which was May. <laughs> which is her. So, which is her. So she oh kept getting goodness. these text messages of people looking for me or calling looking for me. And at one point she texts, she's like, hey, you know, this is kind of getting annoying. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. From now on, I'm just going to write it out for people. Uh, but yeah, that was my last interaction with her because like most people, she didn't stay at that job long because it was an absolutely terrible job. But uh, that is my connection to Joyce Mina Gadenzi and Samuel Hung. Very cool. Yep. Randomly, my first job in China, I worked with her sister. Oh, that's very cool. And if she's out there and she's a listener to this podcast or if anybody out there knows her, I'd love to reconnect. Sorry. But <laughs> I can't that I didn't know the punchline to that story. That's a great that's a great ending. Yeah. That's that yeah, I like that. That's yep. a real story. That is it's definitely a real story. Now No, no, I mean meaning like my story is like, yeah, they were on set and but no, that I love that story. That's a great story. You I'm know, gonna take it. My my it. I'm gonna take it, son. Yeah. My my one <laughs> thing is though, all my years in China and Hong Kong, I now I've managed all like a, a crap ton of American martial arts stars. Right. But I've never, I never had the chance to meet anyone big, uh, in terms of like Hong Kong cinema. Uh, I mean, I've met, uh, one of the Venoms, obviously Lu Feng, but, uh, I, I never, the closest in Hong Kong is I, I got to meet Jason Pai Piao, an old Kung Fu star. Mm -hmm. Uh, but really, I wish I could have met Samo. I wish I, I wish I would have gone to work on Dragon Blade and met Jackie. But you know, there's still time. Oh yeah, there's definitely still time. And you know what? That's uh, yeah, it, it's a special moment when you meet him. And you will, my you will, my friend. Any final closing notes? Uh, you know what? This is a fun, fun film. Uh, definitely, I think it's a. Uh, it's definitely a film that I'm going to give uh, my mother uh, a password on my Amazon and high app so she can watch it herself and, nice. and, and get to see some uh, get to see Joyce Mina Gadenzi shooting right. it up. Now, uh, oh, you didn't even say anything because you probably can't see in our new setup, but you didn't see what shirt I'm wearing. I, I don't see what shirt you're wearing. I like the hardwood floors. Oh, very nice. Excellent. Yeah. I, this is belated birthday gift. Belated birthday gift from Gavin. Uh, hey, better late than never. And it fits awesome. Now, for our next movie we should watch, uh, you got any ideas? Well, I, haven't, I still haven't watched Bullet Train. I don't know if that's something that's worthy, but... Not necessarily for uh, like a martial arts film, a great film okay. worthy of going to see, And I, but I would have to rewatch it again. So let's definitely stick with, uh, we'll, we'll find something. I mean, there's already been a couple great releases on Haya. I, I know. I've been seeing those. When Taekwondo up. Strikes, that's a beautiful remastered version of it. They, they just dropped another one that's coming out soon. I forget. Uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, wow. So they're, they're doing a good job there. But uh, we'll definitely find one. We'll discuss. We're going to try to stick with, you know, the weekly recordings again. It might be biweekly for a little bit mm -hmm. as we still settle in. But otherwise, this should be dropping uh, at the beginning of this week. Uh, don't forget, there's a great uh, UFC card on tonight. Uh, and it's not pay-per-view. It's just ESPN+. Plus. So that should be a banger. But uh, anywho, any final notes? Uh, I'm good. Alrighty. This has been fun. Glad to be back at it. And we'll be back at it more regularly again. Sounds good. All right, my friend. Peace. Bye.